Hi. I just wanted to add this bonus episode today. This is actually the first episode of a new project I'm doing where I discuss a conference talk with someone else. But much of the theme of Becky's and my conversation in this one that you're about to hear really fit the current topic that we're discussing now on Perspective Detective of living as a creator and getting out of the victim thinking mindset. So I wanted to add it here. Now, if you want to hear more conference discussions in the future, then go follow the podcast called Becoming Spiritually Minded, and there'll be a lot of great stuff here. Um, Perspective Detective is not going away as far as I know. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just enjoy. Okay, welcome to the first episode of the Spiritually Minded podcast, where we discuss conference talks and um, words of the prophets. And I am, this is the first one. And so it's maybe going to be a little bit of a mess, but I'm so super excited to do this and really excited to have the first one here with my friend, Becky Smith. She is also a life coach and amazing. And um, we're going to talk about it was one of my favorite talks in this most recent October 2023 general conference, the talk by Tamara Runia. I should have looked up how to say her name before I introduced it. <laughs> Seeing God's family through the overview lens. And so we're just going to jump in and discuss um, and just see where this goes. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks yeah. for having me, Sabrina. I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. I'm so glad that you picked this one because I was like, oh, that one was so good. And as I, as I, when I listened to her, um, I was like, this is like my thing, right? Like she's talking about the overview and my thing is perspective Mm -hmm. and, um, just everything that she talked about. I'm like, this is, this is mine, right? This is my talk. (laughs) If I were to give a conference talk, yeah, if I were to give a conference talk, I'm like, this is the one that I would give. Right. And I felt the same way, but for different reasons, just because I have an, an older child who's not in the church. And I felt like a lot of what she was saying was speaking to that level. And, um, so that's why it resonated a lot with me. And I got so curious about her that I had to go look her up and find more about her. And turns out that she does have an older child who is not in the church and she has lost a child, which she says in the talk, but um, it just resonated with me a lot, knowing that that's her history and that's her perspective that she's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Like when I first listened to it, I didn't hear any of that. The, the parts about, you know, when family members maybe go astray from the church or something, I just kept hearing, like perspective and the overview effect and um, just seeing life through an eternal perspective and through God's perspective. And of course, I just, I just always love all of that. Um, So what was your, I don't know, what was your first favorite part? There's so many. uh, I went through and highlighted them. um, And there's a lot. I had to do them in like different colors so that they wouldn't all mesh together. But the first one is, She said, because of Christ, it all works out. Everything you and you and you are worried about, it's all going to be okay. And those who look with an eye of faith can feel that it's going to be okay now. Yes. Yeah. So my first favorite thing about that is how she says everything you and you and you and you are worried about, because I've been thinking a lot about the one and how the Lord cares so much about every 
single one. And, and she, and she breaks it down there. I feel like in that short little sentence of it's not just this overall you. And we're like, Oh, that means somebody else. Like, I feel like she was really driving home the principle and the truth that the Lord cares about every single person. Yeah. And I like how she also broke down, like she's giving us a thought, like it's going to be okay. And then she says, that's going to make you feel Mm -hmm. like it's okay right now. Yeah. And how much different do we act when we feel like it's okay? Yeah. Very different. Like it's just a whole different perspective. (laughs) I can go back to that word a lot too. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, like the law of creation is the way that we think about something, the way that we see it and say it causes how we feel. And then, and then we act, right? Like Mm -hmm. people are going to respond mostly to the way that we're acting, But that's always going to start with how we're feeling. And if we are relying on Christ and trusting and having hope that what he said that is true, then then we don't have to worry as much, right? She talks about worry in here as well. Yeah, Um, there's another one. Um, I love this part where she says, worry feels a lot like love, but it's not the same. And I'm like, okay, I think we can all relate to that. All of our clients- (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, can, can you say that again? For, For the ones in the back. back. <laughs> yeah. Worry feels a lot like love, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same at all. It actually does. I don't know if you'd say the opposite of love, but it's not useful. It brings up anxiety. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in this part, like she doesn't talk about, um, so she mentioned mentioned seeing her mom crying and she wonders if she disappointed her, um, wonders if her mom didn't have any hope for her, but it was her dad, right, that didn't seem to worry that he had an eye of faith. And I just, like, I kind of wondered, like, what's the backstory, right? Like, how did that affect your relationship with your mom? And, and we don't, we don't have to know, right? right? But that is kind of where my mind went. And I just wondered, how can I have a better relationship with my children if I choose love, actual love, instead of worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she kind of goes into that a little more, but she talks about it with older children where she made the con- conscious choice to, instead of critique them or give them advice that she thought was helpful, she was going to pick something out every mm-hmm. week that she could see that they were, that she was proud. I don't know if proud's the word. But something that they yeah, were doing well. Focused on the many positive things that they were already yeah. doing. Yeah. And I'm sure you can, that can be translated to kids in your home too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a different scenario, right? Because they are grown up adults and, and it's, you know, we have like different, just kind of different levels of the way that we're going to interact and create boundaries with our kids and things. But yeah, definitely that first paragraph I wrote, like she's totally being a rescuer and she's in the victim cycle when she's thinking, how can I help them? When they come to my home, what am I going to do to help them? Like, what am I going to do to remind them? You know, don't, don't forget to be a good listener. Don't forget to help more at home. I'm like, oh, she's totally in the victim cycle or she's trying to rescue them and she sees them as incapable and they're not going to be able to do it without her wife and sage advice and then uh, and then it's she so hard out. not to slip into that I know it is so hard I know and that's such 
I think that's such a good example too, right? This is something that I'm, I'm teaching my clients a lot more recently is the victim cycle. And I'm like, this is such a good example of a good, well-meaning woman who is stuck in the victim cycle and is like, yeah, no, I'm just like trying to help them be better. Right. I just love my kids and I worry about them and we're worrying (laughs) about them because we don't trust that they are free agents, right. That they are creators. And then I love again, where she like, she's like, no, she steps out of it. And, um, I wrote on the side here, like now she's no, she decides to be a creator, right. And focuses on the positive things that they're going to do and just loves them and just trusts that they're going to figure it out. Yeah. And I didn't make that connection of the victim cycle there. So that's, that's a good thing to point out because I don't know if I told you, but my son just got engaged like within the last like three weeks. And so I am going to be a (laughs) mother-in-law very soon. Um, And so, and I do tend myself tend to want to give advice and I've been really practicing biting my tongue a lot. And I think I'm going to have to get really good at that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, your podcast, the, what is it like the three ways to help or the three? Oh yeah. How did you title that? Um, it's help fix and serve. Yes. I think that one is so good. And then it's, yeah. don't you talk about supporting too? It's like, people don't need help. They need support. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, to- I'll definitely link that one in the show notes. Cause that's a really okay. good one. And I think that's a really good way to explain like the differences and what people need. And also, and even, I wonder if you could even look at that, like through the lens of how we just talked about, like when our kids are little, they need a lot more help, right? They when they're babies, like and they, they are literally, fixing. yeah, they're completely yeah. helpless. And so we have to do everything for them. But as we, as they grow, then it also demands us to grow and to allow to allow them to be themselves and allow them to make mistakes and allow ourselves not to step in so much. That kind of sounds weird, but I I do think that's what it like allow ourselves not to worry so much even. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I liked the part where she talked about her dad being her cheerleader. Cause when I think of that image, I can get behind that for sure. (laughs) When I think of, no, my job as having adult children, again, I'm coming from that perspective. I still have two at home, but um, this book to my heart with adult children, I just, I'm their cheerleader. And I felt like my mom did that for me. Like every time I was in her presence as a an adult woman with my own kids, I just felt like she lifted me up and was telling me all the things I was doing right. You know, and I always walked away from her feeling better than when I came. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my dad was also really good at that. And it really did create a different kind of energy, right? Versus a parent who's like, don't forget to do this and make sure you're not, you know, wearing your shorts too short and uh, make sure, you know, like, I don't know, just giving like very specific and strict, like judgment based rules. Mm -hmm. It just, it creates a different kind of energy. And I think it's a freedom energy, right? Mm-hmm. And one of where I'm like, it's not that I'm trying to like be good, quote unquote, because um, my parents, let's see, how do I say this? <laughs> I'm not necessarily like trying to follow the rules be- 
so I don't get in trouble. I think that's what I'm trying to say, but rather I want to follow the rules because my parents believe in me because I, it's more like, I don't want to let them down because they love me so much. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. Okay. It's coming from love instead of fear. Yeah, exactly. And I want to continue to make them be proud. It's kind of a momentum effect, I think is what it is, Mm. right? I know that they're proud of me and I want them to continue to be proud of me versus a, like a resistance of where they're not good. They're not proud of me or they're disappointed in me. And so I'm going to, you know, like do everything I can to prove myself. Like that's a completely different energy and it's so much harder. Yeah. Well, I think that goes into the the next thing I had highlighted, which um, she said, you don't chase after your loved ones who feel lost. So she's like using the analogy of the tree of life Mm -hmm. and that you stay at the tree and you partake and you eat and you don't chase after them. You don't. And I think that goes back to you don't try to fix them. You don't try to help them. You you nourish yourself. And how else did she say it? When I find myself at the tree eating the fruit. Oh, that's another one. She's saying that sometimes she finds herself at the tree eating the fruit and crying because she's worried mm-hmm. and notices that that isn't helpful. But, and then she goes back to her, like her dad and how he did it. Um, yeah. 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 I love that. I, yeah, that part hit me. This when she says this visual image has helped me in low moments when I find myself eating the fruit and crying because I'm worried. And how helpful is that? Um, and then she says, instead, let's choose hope. Hope in our creator and in one another, fueling our ability to be better than we are right now. And I, I mean, I really related to that one, you know, when my husband stopped going to church and I'm like, well, I'm staying. And just that visual, when she said that, like, I'm eating the fruit and I'm just sitting here crying, right? Like, I'm so worried. What does this mean now for our marriage, for our eternal family, for him? Like, how are we, you know, there's so many complexities now and I'm just sitting here crying. (laughs) And, but that, that worry, you know, kind of also, you can't help but have judgment when you have worry. Mm. and you can't can't help but have judgment when you have worry yeah yeah and that again like feels like love as she says because it's like oh but I know best and I want you to do the best right we want people to be their best Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't until I dropped the worry dropped the judgment and just focused on Christ and had hope in Christ and decided that whatever, like whatever choices he makes, whatever happens like in the eternities, I believe in Christ. And I know and trust that it, the best possible outcome is going to happen for us and for our family. And I don't know what that is, but I trust Christ and I trust that he loves my husband and he loves me and, and it's going to be great. And so I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about it anymore. All I have to do is, well, I'm going to enjoy eating the fruit now, right? I'm going to be here and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to enjoy being married to him. And 
and it's just like, it's completely changed the dynamics of our marriage and what I think about, you know, what's going on with us. And, um, yeah, it's just Christ it's hope yeah, and dropping judgment and loving and yeah. letting go of that worry. Cause that, yeah, it's not love. We're yeah. Worrying. Yeah. And I say I could stay there like 90% of the time and, and like 10% of the time I, you know, I go, go to that, but I think that's just human. Oh and yeah. Totally more realistic. <laughs> and sometimes it's lately, it's been a little more 20. Um, but I, I strive to be in that, that place of non-judgmental and love and not worry when I do jump over to that place of judgment and worry, it almost always comes from me comparing myself to mm. another family, like yeah. to another mom, to another, um, you know, all their, all their kids went on a mission, right? Like they don't seem to have any problems with spirituality. You know, what did I do wrong? That's, mm-hmm. that's when I start to go down the rabbit hole and even little innocent comments that friends make that I know they didn't intend for it to be hurtful can sometimes be taken that way by me. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I have to, that's where I have to really um, watch it and be like, no, that's, that's judgment. That's a thought error. (laughs) We're coming back to the tree. We're just going to eat our fruit, you know? Yeah. Well, and isn't it interesting that that gets brought up through comparison, which is like, you're then making it about you, right? Right? Like, oh, now the choices that my child is making are about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was saying to a friend just how sometimes, you know, I feel that way and I want to blame myself, but I know that's not true. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's not anybody's fault when their kids leave, except for if they say, neg- if the parents say negative things about the church, then yeah, I think it is their fault. And so then I started going, wait, do you think I say negative things about the church? Or are you saying if I think differently, you know, and I started going down this hill and I was like, oh, she thinks I'm a bad mom. And oh, maybe I, I didn't say good enough things. And maybe that's why my kids, you know what I'm saying? So just those little innocent comments. And I don't think that she really thinks that, but. Right. Sometimes people just say stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That reminds me though. um, She says that families are the God given laboratory where we're figuring things out. Oh, I highlighted that one really big. I did too. And I'm like, it's all just data, right? It's just a (laughs) science project. And how cool when we can look at it that way, that we're all just figuring things out. It's all just data. Then she says, missteps and calculations are not just possible, but probable. And and then um, what did she say? Like at the end, if we could see our re- that those challenging moments, right, were the things that helped us to become more like our savior. That every difficult interaction is an opportunity to learn how to love at a deeper level, at a godlike level. Yeah. And when I'm in my higher self, I know that (laughs) I know that this has up-leveled me right in my spirituality and that it is there for me to grow, but it's just in those other (laughs) little moments that, you know, I slip back, but they're moments. They're moments. They are moments. Well, and how cool though, like right now, like in this discussion, you're able 
to bring those up in a neutral and curious way. Yeah. Right. Like even in this very discussion when you're like, oh, sometimes I bring that up and I know it's because I'm comparing and it's like, you do know, you know why that happens. Like, again, you've just fed yourself data right now in this conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so interesting to do that. When people say this, then I feel this way and, and can like brush it off. Yeah. Eventually. (laughs) Yeah. But when we think of it as a lab, like that's just like, it breeds curiosity and like Mm -hmm. openness when I think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Just that principle of looking every, looking at everything as if it's just data or we're in a laboratory. Yeah. And I really liked what she said in the next lines, um, family relationship of let's view family relationship as a powerful vehicle to teach us the lessons we came here to learn as we turn to the savior. But like my niche as a life coach is relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they are so important to me. To me, they're everything. If my relation, like my health is probably first, right? If my health isn't going well in that, but if my relationships aren't going well, nothing's going well for me in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, but just to know that they're the vehicle to teach us lessons. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was someone else. I can't remember which one it says, but they said something like, I don't know why. Oh, it's Emily Bell Freeman. She said, I don't know why the Lord sent us here in families, but I'm sure glad he did. Mm. And I just thought of that as when this, like the family relations is a powerful vehicle to teach us the lessons that we came here to learn. I'm like, yeah. it makes total sense, right? It totally makes sense that the family is like the best learning lab because we're in close proximity with a bunch of people that we are basically born loving, but then also have so much friction with, and, you know, so many hard things that we go through, like partly because we're close and because we love them. And, um, it just really is the perfect laboratory for learning all the lessons that we need to learn. It's fascinating. The Lord just knows what he's doing. And then of course I like the next thing that she talks about. Let's admit in a fallen world, there's no way to be a perfect spouse, parent, son or daughter, grandchild, mentor, or friend, but a million ways to be a good one. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Yes. Yeah. I actually drew an arrow from the word perfect to the word good. Mm. And that just like really stood out to me because they're just like good is like right underneath perfect. Just the way that my paper is printed out. And, and I just like, oh, I just love that. That was like a really happy coincidence to me because they're good. And when we continue to try to be good, you know, it's that, it's that whole concept of like in principles have clarity in practice have charity. There's mm-hmm. so many applications for the good, for the principles yeah. and so many different ways because we are all so different. And I think just, yeah, as we're striving to be good and, and try, that's where, as she says, we ascend together, we lift one another. Yeah. And I like that we strive for good, not perfect. Like 
my friend. Yeah. And not, said, not even great, right? She doesn't even say great. great. She says good. She says she's good. Like, yeah, it's like I, mediocre. Just try. Yeah, just try. <laughs> but my friend who's a marriage and family therapist, she's like, perfect is just not even allowed in our house. Like, we don't even say that word. Like, it's almost a swear word in our house. And I'm like, okay. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would like her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Um, in these last days, perhaps our greatest work will be with our loved ones. Good people living in a wicked world. I felt that as being a coach. Like I thought I would have like so many, a ton of million, not million, but lots of clients. And I mostly have been coaching my family and my immediate friend circle. And I am going to expand out more, but if that's all I ever do, like that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing your work like within your circle. I think it is no coincidence that we are placed where we are and that we're given the knowledge and the tools and the skills that we're given for the place that we're at. Yeah. No yeah. coincidences. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I'm going to jump kind of to the back here. Um, okay. And I'm going to read this, this part where she says it's the savior's work to bring our loved ones back. It's his work and his timing. It is our work to provide hope and a heart that they come home to. And again, like, it actually brings so much peace and again, like takes off the pressure mm -hmm. to think this is his work, right? It's his work to, to bring loved ones back. And whether that is back to the gospel or, or whatever it is, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you put I mean, that. Coming back I'm to like, Christ, I think, is the most important, right? We want we want yeah, everyone to come what, to Christ. What does but... back mean, right? Um, yeah. Even if it's just to a belief in God, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I was just thinking, like, even if it's, like, I don't know, like, fulfilling their purpose. Coming to themselves, say. like in the prodigal yeah. son. And he came to himself. I don't think you can come yes, to yourself that. until you understand that you're a child of God to like True. fully come into yourself, whatever yeah. that looks like for you, whether you're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, Buddhist, what does that version look like to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like the Lord loves variety. Yeah. He loves his children. And again, there's no coincidences where we are put and he has such a grand plan. And I think that's why it's like uber important to remember that it is his work not mm -hmm. mine. Mm -hmm. My job is to love. My job is to have hope. My job is to have a heart that people are going to want to be comfortable around me. Yeah. And it's again, like, it's just the love of Christ that I'm trying to emulate. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it just takes the pressure off so that I can sit at the tree and just enjoy eating the fruit and grow my relationship with the savior and have a relationship with those that I'm disappointed in, <laughs> you know, or like, I see your potential. Why are you not meeting it? It's not my job to fix you. It's just my job to love you. 
Yeah, which goes right into the next thing I highlighted. Love is the thing that changes hearts. It is the purest motive of all and others can feel it. Yes. And not that we're loving them to change them, but just that if they want to change, love has the possibility. Love gives them the open door to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's it's that... Um. Again, it's just that law of creation, right? How are we thinking about them? Do we have hope in Jesus? And so we're trusting that everything is going to work out. Mm-hmm. Is then that feels a lot better when we trust that everything's going to work out. And when it feels good, when we have, she calls it the feeling of faith, I think in here, then, then what do we do? We're not going to do things that's going to push them away. I think she mentioned somewhere else that, um, he, uh, in family, she says something about like, we're basically a chalkboard for our families to like, write what they think about us. And mm-hmm. we want to know, like, we care what people think about us. We really do. And it's very, it's naive and ignorant to say like, oh, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about me. Right. Because it does matter. We care. We're humans, right? We are a tribal society. Like we're literally born into tribes, families. Right? Yeah. Therefore we care what people think. And And so, yeah, we're going to have so much more impact when we think well and loving of our people. We're going to have more impact on them. They're going to want to be around us. And I would add that to ourselves. Think well and loving of ourselves too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, I was making it about me, right? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah, yeah. And you can't love your, your kids fully when you're making, you know, their choices (laughs) about you. About me and, and hating on myself, right? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because they all go together. And then she says, you and I, we can do this. We can hold on and we can hope on. And I, mm-hmm. I really liked that. Hold on, hope on. <laughs> That's going to be my mantra. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Hope has become my favorite virtue in the last few years. And it it just kind of feels ironic to me because it was always, it always seemed like the little sister of the virtues of like faith, hope, and charity. Mm. And I think in the scriptures is in above, you know, and above all of these is charity. I think, tell me if I'm wrong about that, but I was it's like, okay, love, so yeah, exactly. But I was like, okay, I get hope. I get charity. I don't get hope. I don't think hope's a big deal if I have faith and charity. Right. But the more that I have studied hope and thought about hope and needed to nurture hope i'm like no it's the first one like you've got to have hope before anything else and and it's my favorite so what's your definition is it the one that brooke snow gave us or what's your definition of hope i don't know remind me what hers was hers was from a a hope researcher uh let me look it up real fast I remember his name, Shane Lopez. I have that book. Here it is. Uh, Hope is the belief that your future will be better than your past and you have the power to make it happen. It's a little different than what we're talking about here, right? Because I guess the power to make it happen would be the power we believe in Christ. Right. Yeah. It's definitely more in Christ. And he's saying for himself. Um, So the first part, yes. Um, But for me, it's it's, I don't, I don't know. I've never put it into words, but the feeling that comes up is, is trusting in the savior. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe and, the it's hope is trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, trusting in God, of course. Yeah. And, and yeah, believing that everything is going to work out, believing that things are going to be okay. Believing that um, it's all going to work out for our good yeah. because the Lord loves his children and he is perfect and he has a perfect plan. So I guess that's, that's how I would define hope. Yeah. I like it. Not very definition-y, but <laughs> <laughs> it works. I Those like are it. The thoughts that come to me. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, I lost my, I think that is to the end of her talk when she just kind of wraps it up. Yeah. That's the end of my thoughts. Yeah. I just, yeah, I really like this one and thanks so much for discussing it with me yeah. and we'll just, we'll keep going. You're going to be yeah. a regular and okay. I like talking about this stuff. It's really fun. It's like, no, it's so fun. And it's so fun to, I think to create applications based off of the skills that we have and the things that we know and, and just look at it from a little bit of a, of a different perspective and and that's I what I was going to say. Discussing the words of Christ. Yeah. It's looking at it through each perspective. Like you were looking at it a little different way than I was, but yet they're both really meshed together. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Okay.